Yo, Yohanyaks. Welcome back to another sports edition of the Rambling Biking Podcast, your weekly sports edition every Wednesday from here on out. If you've been tracking and we are double dipping, where it's primarily football, college football, and NFL. Maybe down the line, we'll add in some uh, basketball, college basketball, NBA, we'll see, or just general sports stuff. But uh, testing it out, figuring it out, right? And uh, waiting on it, seeing what, see what you like. If you want each sport in its own episode, which I can do in college football, NFL, college basketball, NBA, etc. Or if you just want kind of one giant episode. So I can do either one. Let me know what your preference is if you like this. But uh, I'm going to be honest, <laughs> tough workout today. I'm a little bit fatigued. So if I, my energy seems a little bit lower than normal, which brings me from like a nine to a, a seven on a one to 10 scale. Uh, that's why. So we got a lot to cover, so I'm not going to waste any time. We Let's jump into it, starting with college football. Uh, big week, as always. Uh, <laughs> I'm waiting for one week where it's like not a big I mean, like the first few weeks are not big weeks. Now we're in the later back half, so they're going to be big weeks. So let's run through my notes, and then we'll kind of backtrack over the scores and look through them specifically, right? So Coastal Carolina seems to be... Uh, Seems to be leveling off and plateauing. Unfortunately, I think the Appalachian State loss rocked them, and now they are kind of realizing their place, and their hopes of being top 10 are dashed. As they barely skated by Troy on Thursday night, 38-25. to I didn't watch that game or even the highlights. It's been a busy week. So the Chanticleers are proving to uh, still need some work before they're really on that next level. <clears throat> OU finally looked... Like it should, beating Texas Tech 52 to 21. Texas Tech 5 and 4 team or 5 and 3 team at the time. So, uh, Caleb Williams had six touchdowns. So, it seems that Caleb Williams has solidified his spot. Spencer Rattler, my guess is most will most likely enter the transfer portal, go somewhere else, and hopefully have a good successful career. Re up his draft, re up his draft stock. He might go into the draft, but I think he's got some stuff that he needs to fix that will not. That if he doesn't fix mentally, he's not. It's not going to help him any at the next level. Like it is a developmental stage that needs to be addressed and hopefully fixed at this level. I mean, otherwise you're going to be drafted low. And if you have that problem, I mean, they're not going to give you the time of day or, or really put in the effort uh, at that point. So if you're a high draft pick, though, they'll be willing to try and put in the effort and fix you. And then if it doesn't work out at one team, it work out work out at a second team. But they handle business and uh, look like they should have looked all year. They are nine and zero though, and so the big debate is old. You know, they barely beat some teams at the you know Tulane and KU. And at the end of the day, though. They are winning, and that's what's important. Even in your on your bad games, your slow games, do you still find a way to win? And Caleb Williams proves that he's willing to do anything, and I mean anything, to win. And if he can piece together uh, some of those, you know, uh, staying calm in the po- pocket presence and really progressing through the reads and timing your throws a little bit better, he's going to be scary good. So. Uh, I'm thinking next year, if if more or less all things all stay the same, and he can get some of that uh, development and experience out of the way, because he's got that it factor of making some wild, crazy, successful plays to be able to, if he can piece together more of the fundamentals, is what I'll say. It's going to be scary. So now OU needs to continue to try and believe in playing some defense if they want to get anywhere. So that's the the, the biggest thing. But that's all I'll say on that. And then uh, Oklahoma State. 
reminded Kansas, Kansas put them back in their proper place that they are not a real football team. They are just a faux football team, D1 football team at least. Beating them 55-3, to Oklahoma State making its case to try and climb back up the rankings to hopefully get a good spot, and uh, we'll see if we'll have a bedlam followed by a Big 12 championship game. We'll have double bedlam two weeks in a row, which I'm all for. Uh, unfortunately, I think whoever wins bedlam needs to then win the next game to potentially go into the college football playoff because ultimately that's what I would prefer, not one to beat one, one to beat the other, and they just get a really, really good bowl game. So it's kind of an awkward moment. Either OU needs to win both, OSU needs to win both. Either way, um, well, if OSU wins both and OU goes to one loss and then a two loss and OSU gets in as one loss, I don't know if there's a case, but uh, I don't think anybody's undefeated anymore. So Uh, other notable... Note, other notable notes. What an idiot. Um, oh, sorry, almost forgot something. OU's punter, I forget his name. He has a vlog, and it's a lot of behind the scenes stuff, cool stuff for like day in the life of a D1 athlete. And he's actually pretty funny, but he vlogs every week and all the time. And so it's you get to see cool behind the scenes stuff. It's called Hang Time. I'll see if I can put a link in the description, as always. And uh, go check it out, though. It's pretty fun. Um, the videos range from, you know, 10 minutes to 20 minutes, depending on what you're doing. But it's like game day and stuff, which is actually pretty cool that they let him do that. He has like a bunch of subscribers, too. It's kind of a big deal. So carry on with our business. All right. Georgia continues to just, you know, prove that they are the real deal and they should probably win the national championship. Spanking Florida 34 to 7. Other notable things. Cincinnati holds strong. But Tulane made them sweat a little bit. It was close in the first half, but then they shut them out in the second half to win 31-12, to solidifying their place. Then we have Ohio State proves that they are a real team and they can beat real teams, albeit Penn State, that is now their third loss, and they lost to Illinois, so they're kind of rocked, but it was still a close game. They fought hard, fun rivalry, and Ohio State beat them 33-24, to so they're the real deal, and we'll continue to see um, if they can prove that moving forward. Then... Probably the game of the week is we understand that Michigan still can't beat after how many years under Jim Harbaugh still cannot beat real teams. Unfortunately, when it gets down to crunch time late in the season, the big game, they cannot get over that hump. They lost to Michigan State. Now, to give Michigan State credit, they are the real deal. And I can't remember his name and I'm not going to look it up because, as I mentioned earlier, I'm too worn out from my workout and stuff. But you know who he is. Homeboy had five touchdowns. He's the star at Michigan, and he's kind of a big deal. Michigan State, sorry. He's kind of a big deal. So, uh, But 37-33, Michigan State takes down Michigan, and uh, we'll get to, I think they broke into the top five after that this week. So big deal there. Good job on them. Let's see, we won't even worry about that game. Oregon beats Colorado, whoop. Uh, Wisconsin continues to prove that they are the Iowa State of the Big Ten and that they only care about winning if it's, if it's an upset game. Otherwise, doesn't really matter. Taking down Iowa, Iowa seems to have lost their offensive edge. Don't know what's going on there, but they seem to be going back to being Iowa and being real mid-level. Wisconsin seems to be finding their stride 27-7, to so not just like a close game. They beat them handily. Uh, then we have another upset. Auburn seems to be finding their stride, and 
Uh, takes down Ole Miss 31 to 20. Probably going to flip flop places. We'll get to the rankings. I haven't looked at that. So then, unfortunately, Notre Dame won. <laughs> if you, if you, yeah, you all know I'm a Notre Dame hater. Basically, Notre Dame takes down North Carolina. Takes down, beats North, holds off North Carolina 44 to 34. So they're still kind of good. North Carolina, darn it! I, I wanted you to be better. Mac Brown's doing big things over there. They're exciting. Another upset. We have Mississippi State dropping Kentucky, showing more parity. I think this is a year of parity. Because uh, I've talked about it before, alluded to how the Big 12 in years past has a lot of parody, team, everyone beating everyone. And they always say, well, it's because they're not good. Maybe it's because all a, a lot of teams have gotten better. And because you're seeing that now in the Big 10, you're seeing that now in the SEC too, here with Kentucky falling to Mississippi State. 31 to 17 and you're seeing a lot more parity in all these in, in the power power five conferences notice we don't mention the pac 12 because they just all suck that that is one truth is their their parity is because they're all garbage then the i gotta stop saying then <laughs> i gotta come up with a new word on to the next one onward wake forest the demon deacons continue to prove they are the real deal 45 to 7 take down duke who's not a great team but 45 to 7 Wake Forest coming in hot, going to find solidify a place in the top 10? Possibly. I don't know what the rest of their schedule holds. Texas is back to continually being mediocre like they had the last half decade, losing to Baylor, who is a real team, 31 to 24. Now, not to say Texas, Texas managers have some athletes and some big playability, but they just can't piece together wins for whatever reason. They come out strong. And then they finish really, really slow. Like I said before, first quarter team. Another upset, Miami upsets Pitt, 38-34 in a barn burner. SMU upset by Houston, another barn burner, 44-37. Fresno State upset San Diego State. I know these are all big deals to you, these upsets here. 30-20. to uh, Iowa State proves that, like Wisconsin, they are kindred spirits. They continually only care about winning if it's against a ranked opponent who's higher ranked than them to upset. Upset factor is all they care about. Otherwise, it doesn't matter. They lose to West Virginia 38-31. to Then our, in our basketball football game of the week, BYU takes down Virginia 66-49 to uh, stay in the top 25 and show that, hey, it's our turn to be the basketball win of the week. Let's see if I missed anything. All right, let's go to our updated standings, and then we'll look at next week's games. By the way, it's very annoying when I'm setting these up that college football is one week ahead of the NFL. It is we're going into week 10, and we're going into in, in college and week 9 in the NFL. So it's one week off, and I get them confused, and it's confusing when I'm pulling all the stuff up, and it's real annoying. All right, here we go. Updated rankings, which I'm sure you've seen. We'll just look at notable movers and make predictions, right? Alabama is the only one lost team in the top four. Uh, those, those stay the same. Georgia, Cincy, Bama, Oklahoma. Then we've got Michigan State bumping up three spots to jump Ohio State to be number five. Rightfully so, too, because well, that was a tougher opponent, but also they are really just blowing it out of the water. Ohio State drops to sixth, then they get hopped. Oregon stays strong. Notre Dame breaks into the top 10 again. Michigan is on the verge of being out of the top 10. Wake Forest jumps to number 10. Oak State to 11. Uh, Auburn, I was correct. They almost flip-flop with Ole Miss. Um, they are now 12. Ole Miss is now 15. Let's see. Baylor jumps up a few spots. Uh, apparently, 
University of Texas San Antonio, the real University of Texas, at least as far as this college football season is concerned. Um, they bump up some a few spots. We have Ole Miss falling. Kentucky and Iowa all fall. Iowa fell 10 spots. Kentucky fell 6. Houston is, Houston is now ranked. Uh, Coastal Carolina bumps back up to three spots to not be on the fringe anymore to 21. Penn State and SMU both fall a couple spots. And then we have Louisiana and Fresno State bumping in to the bottom bubble spots, 24 and 25. Exciting, exciting stuff. So once again, big prediction. I think I've maybe said this before. So this top four, if uh, if everyone wins out, remains the same, could stay the same. Georgia, Cincy, Bama, Oklahoma. Let's see. I would love for Georgia and Bama to meet in the semi in the first game, not the natty. I want Cincy to get to the natty. Obviously, I would love for OU to get to the natty as well. However, only time will tell. I would be happy with this four in the in the playoff. I, I think, I mean, this year it really looks like it's Georgia's natty to to take or to lose, really, for that matter. And so OU still has a lot to prove to, to before they really should be in consideration. Michigan State and Ohio State are definitely going to make huge runs. It'll come down to the Big Ten Championship, probably between those two if they win out, and that would be that'll be an epic game. And they we could possibly see them jump OU or whoever ends up in the four slot. So who do you want to see in the college football playoff? How do you want to see it pan out? Uh, I would I would honestly prefer. Um, Georgia, uh, SEC, I would prefer Bama to fall out, uh, prefer to have a big, t- big 12 team of OU and then a big 10 team, either Michigan state or Ohio state, just to spite Seth, I would say Michigan state, uh, come at me, bro. with friendly banter. Obviously I want Notre Dame and Oregon to have nothing to do with these things. Michigan, a lot of things would happen for after the game. I'd love for the Demon Deacons to come in hot, but I think at best they're going to finish five or six, depending on what those other teams do. It would be a real long shot for Oklahoma State or Auburn or A&M or Baylor to make it. So I think those kind of those those top six right now teams are really who you're, you're going to see four of those teams in, possibly with a fringe team like Michigan or Notre Dame squeaking their way in, which I really don't want to see them. And so let's let's look forward to next week. What do we have? Okay, now that Louisiana's ranked their games on the docket, so uh, Thursday night football, which would probably be better than the NFL game, which is the Jets-Colts. So if you're looking for more entertaining football, it's Georgia State and Louisiana. Then moving on. I keep saying then. Oh, someone, someone if you haven't already, start counting and then or then uh, each time I say it because this is maddening. All right, notable games... Notable games. Ohio State, Nebraska. Now, I only say it's a notable game because I think uh, Nebraska, at least early on in the year, proved that they are mm, enough. Like in big games, they might kind of show up, but they're three and six. So maybe not. Wake Forest, North Carolina should be entertaining. We'll see. I think this is one of Wake Forest's first real tests. The Demon Deacons will see will see just how demonic they are. Uh, Father, forgive me for these uh, for that statement, but <laughs> I'm just playing into their name. Demon Deacons. I will never get over that. So we'll see if they what they're really made of, taking on the Tar Heels who played Notre Dame close. Now, oh, here you go. Idaho State, BYU, big time. <laughs> Tulsa, Cincinnati, nope. Michigan State, Purdue, just keep your eye on Michigan State. Continue to prove they're the real deal because Purdue, who did they upset? They're only a three-point favorite, so that'll be a tight game. That's the 230 slot. Then, oh, mm, 
Next, now obviously I think we should always keep our eye on, maybe not watch this game, but Oklahoma State-West Virginia. West Virginia coming off the big upset. Oklahoma State proving that they're still a little bit shaky at times, but coming off a really, really good win against KU. Then, ooh, I need a different word. Auburn, I'm just going to pause, right? Auburn, Texas A&M, 12-13. That's a fun game. 2-30 slot on CBS. Check it out. A&M is actually the favorite by four and a half points. I am pulling for, man, I really don't know. Because like A&M had the upset, but if they continue to win, it only helps Bama's case. So I'm pulling for Auburn then. So that A&M will prove that eh, that was more of a fluke and make Alabama's case less strong. That's right. Baylor, TCU. TCU just fired their coach? Mm, so maybe not, but upset alert anytime. Our boys, the, the Chanticleers, have Georgia Southern. Watch out. <laughs> Shouldn't be anything there. 5 p.m. slot. ESPN Plus, if you have that. We have a rivalry game, LSU-Alabama. You know, they're going to make a big deal out of that 6 p.m. on ESPN. But let's be real. Alabama should roll right over them. It is like OU Texas. I will put it in the same vein. However, L- well, LSU's 4-4. Four and four, Texas is 4-4. Four and four. So maybe don't sleep on them. Keep your eye on it. Tennessee-Kentucky, another nice rivalry game. Kentucky, are they going to fall off or are they going to bounce back? Nobody cares about Pac-12 games. Indiana-Michigan, just Michigan's on notice. After that loss, they're 7-1. and one. Indiana's 2-6, and six, so they're pretty trash. But maybe just that's one to just periodically check as you're watching one of the other games at the 6.30 slot. But that's really about it. Yeah, uh... Not so kind of a slow week, actually, when I look at it. I say that, and there's going to be some crazy entertaining games, but at least as the top 25 are concerned, I think you're, you're, you're notable, your notable players to watch out for Wake Forest, UNC, Michigan State, Purdue, Auburn, AM, LSU, Bama, Tennessee, Kentucky. And that's really it. So those are your games. Not as exciting as uh, last week was. <laughs> I, I say that, knock on some wood. Don't knock on some wood because I want it to be. I, I don't want to be right about that. That it's going to be a boring week. But that is it for our college football side of things. That is your updated standings. That's what we're looking forward to next week. My predictions. Send in your college fa- playoff predictions, but also your your wants, your hopes, what you, how you would love for it to turn out. Right? Do you think there's some crazy scenario where Coastal Carolina edges their way in? <laughs> that would be wild. Also, we're starting a new segment that will will work for college football as well as the NFL side of things. We're going to call it your minute of fire. So as a fan of your team, because I was talking with Connor, he's the Giants fan, I'm the Eagles fan, and I just decided, man, both these teams, both our teams this year really just want to piss off all of their fan bases because that's all they're doing. It's just annoying. They're being the most annoying. And I was thinking, okay, here's here's something we could do. Send in your minute, have a, have a minute of fire. People send in their minute of fire, railing on their team, complaining, venting. It's your moment to come on here. When I say, come on here, send in a voice memo and vent about your team. It could be their performance. It could be a pitfall. It could be just something that they're doing that's bothering you. They're not utilizing someone, but it's your chance to open up and vent and get your minute of fire for whoever your team is, college or pros. Come in and, and send in your minute of fire. Would love, love to hear it. We're going to have Connor's minute of fire. And that's what I I really like that name. If you have some other names, 
you know, it's kind of the, initially I think it was roast my team. Don't really like that. I like the minute of fire because everyone's got a minute of fire about their team. And you know, who's to say it can't be positive? If you're fired up, ready to go, give us your minute of positive fire. But I would just went the negative route because that's my team, the Eagles. That's really what they're doing to me. And then when you look at OU and OSU, I'm like, you're, you're, you're there's just a few things that they continue to not do well where I'm like if you do that well it would be a no-brainer like these are top tier teams college football playoff could win the natty but at least compete for one and right now though it's like ah, you could get to the college football playoff but I don't want to just get there and get embarrassed you know so that's what it is send in your minute of fire let's shift gears and go to the pros the big dogs the NFL uh let's see let's work through some notes oh my gosh sorry if you heard that bump I just smoked the table Let's go through notes, and let's check out my pigskin pick them. Continue to struggle, right? So starting on Thursday night, Green Bay, Arizona, great game, by the way. Notes from that would be that Arizona had the stoutest goal line defense. They stopped them like three times within the two, two yards or less on the goal line. Incredible. They ultimately still lost by three. Kyler Murray was did half the game potential game-winning drive on one leg after hurting his ankle. Then he goes to throw it in the one-on-one coverage. Receiver isn't even really running a route or looking for the ball. Razul Douglas, so ultimate miscommunication where even after the game, Kyler says, I don't even know what happened. I, I had no idea what's going on. And it's like, and you, when you watch him throw it too, he was literally, he didn't plant. He only threw it off one foot. So the throw, and the throw was still pretty good. But unfortunately, the Arizona Cardinals fall. I picked them, as did so many other people. But sad day, lots of, uh, but definitely an awesome game. Awesome Thursday night game. Mm, I stopped myself from saying then, be proud of me. Atlanta Falcons, Carolina Panthers, uh, competitive game for them? I said them, not then. Panthers take them down 19-13. to Matty Ice got cleated on the hand and was bleeding real bad. It was gruesome. So, close game, nothing really doing there. I just picked wrong, picked the Falcons. Because the Panthers, Sam Darnold seeing ghosts, I don't know what to make that guy. Uh, you know, I thought it was the Jets, and then maybe they maybe they scarred him <laughs> enough. Or maybe he's just not that good. I'm leaning more towards he's just not that good. So, Dolphins like to make people sweat, but are still the Dolphins, and the Bills are still the Bills. They take that win. That was a correct pick for me. The Bills are the real deal. I'm Super Bowl hopeful for them. I don't know why, I just am. I don't know. You know, just sometimes you just want to cheer for a team, right? Maybe it's just me being Team Sunshine. I don't know. So, good pick there. And San Fran takes down Chicago with a weird score of the week, 33-22. to Justin Fields did have a couple good plays, though. San Francisco, it was a weird game. It was in the same vein as the Carolina-Atlanta game. I don't even think I have any notes from that. Yeah, I don't. Then Cleveland Browns, Pittsburgh Steelers, the Browns, what is going on? Well, I mean, Baker is playing with a torn labrum and a fractured humerus. So there's that. But they lose 15-10. to 10. Another weird score. The Browns' curse is trying to not die. Is really, Which, I will say, it had really got some deep roots. All right, This is like an int. Trying to cut down an int in Fanghorn Forest. For all my nerds out there. little crossing sports in my nerddom. And that is a Cleveland Browns curse. 
In other news, Odell Beckham finds a way to make headlines, at least, well, thanks to his dad, who apparently made some video. I haven't watched it. I don't care to watch it. Saying, blaming Baker Mayfield for his falloff in production, which I have been singing not his praises. I have been calling Odell out for years now, saying I don't buy it. Like, yes, he's superstar talent, but he is too much of a head case and a prima donna and just cares about the big plays. And I said the same about Antonio Brown, but he's apparently found enough of a vein. I mean, that's the Tom Brady effect, I guess. But he eventually made his way over there and has a ring. And people are like, Antonio Brown, you know, people call him crazy. Look, he's still a crazy nut whack job who definitely almost crazied himself out of the league. And I think, unfortunately, Odell is what we're looking at. And, I mean, also maybe he just can't stay healthy enough. He's been injured the past couple seasons in dealing with lagging hip injuries and things like that. So, I don't know. Maybe it's kind of coming to a stop but I will say this Baker I think is the one of the best things that's happened to the Browns in the last 20 years clearly because he's actually brought them into contention to be good and so they're still dealing with that curse though we're seeing a lot more parity in the NFL in general this season which is good for all around because games are more exciting they're closer you don't have four or five teams that are absolutely dominant you have one or two and then everyone else your bottom mediocre teams are good enough to compete week in week out but I did get that pick wrong so that hurt me then the Eagles the Eagles decide to beat the Lions like everyone should beat the Lions the O for Lions which here's this is funny right so I picked the Eagles they won 44 to 6 only threw the ball 13 times and just finally discovered that hey when we actually run the ball we can have some success we don't have to rely on Jalen Hurts eh, arm so and when they decide to do that when they don't have Miles Sanders anymore because he's injured They've had they have Miles Sanders who I think is is a really good back actually and has a lot of potential good seal like strong solid back and now it's like oh he's injured and we're relying on this running back by committee with Boston Scott Kenny Gainwell Jordan Howard and Jalen and we're like yeah we're gonna run it like fifty times this week granted Detroit didn't stop and so like why throw it when everyone can just run for seven yards here's the funniest thing about this and this this speaks to the struggle that the Eagles have been this season. Looking at this game now, you would say, what? What was the pick spread for who picked him? Right? You'd think it was 80-20 at, at, at best, or at worst, I should say. It was 62-38. 38% of people thought the Lions had a chance to win. And I agree with that. That was That's 60-40, basically. So, yeah, the Eagles continue to befuddle everyone and so I don't know what's going on. I don't even know what to expect anymore. It's just wallowing in mediocrity and it's just atrocious and just hard to deal with so that's my minute of fire is just I don't know what they're doing they continue to prove that they don't know how to utilize good talent when good talent is available then as soon as it's gone they they they're like oh now we should run the ball now we should throw the ball now that our quarterback's gone. Oh, now we have receivers, but we shipped off our franchise quarterback, Carson Wentz, to take Jalen Hurts, who, in my opinion, is not one. I'll continue. All right, the Colts are the real deal, speaking of Carson Wentz, but the Tennessee Titans are the realer dealers and are, in my guess, Super Bowl bound. I'll make that prediction right now. We're about halfway through the season. Super Bowl bound. Let's call it. Why not? Because I think they've got it figured out. Tan- Ryan Tannehill winning a Super Bowl. That's just crazy. It's not. It just proves that it you can be in the absolute wrong situation and tank a career. Because that man, as far as I was concerned, his career was over. And then he just got out of his bad situation, got opportunity, and was like, here we go. Unfortunately, Derrick Henry 
the creative player goes down. This is why, folks, when you do create a player and you start a season with that creative player, you should turn injuries off. First of all, his injury should have been in a 99. I don't know why we let it, whoever did this one, let it stay at 85 thinking that was good enough because it wouldn't be realistic. Uh, oh, he's, he's so strong, he doesn't need it in 99. No, you know the game always loves to do that to you. You're just trying to go and enjoy the video game. Turn injuries off, that's why we play video games. They forgot to do that with Derrick Henry, out for the season. But Adrian Peterson might be coming back. This is wild. Can you imagine if Adrian Peterson comes in there and has just enough juice for a half season? Because that's all he needs to do right now is a half season. Come in, half season, light it up. Because as we've seen, you have a comp... You have a competent runner, and I think I think it's that like, hey, we don't need you all year to do 30 touches. We need you to come in. Also, we do have another running back, so we really only need – I mean, that means that every time he runs, he can try and run like of Adrian Peterson. But, oh, I'm excited. As an Adrian Peterson fan, you can tell I'm excited. So, But it was a great game to watch. The Colts – oh, my gosh, I'm sorry if I keep hitting that table. But the Colts, they, they're 3-5, and five, but they're good 3-5. and five. So depending on their schedule, I think that it'll pan out pretty well for them. Carson Wentz is looking better and better every week. Good for him. I'm glad he's out of our garbage situation, but also it sucks to see that we let that go. Okay, time to get time to get upset. The Bengals, who I picked, lost to who? The Jets. Without their new draft pick, Zach Wilson, and with who? You ask? Mike White. Name now everyone knows, but the name that 36, 72 hours ago, nobody knew. Not 72. Yeah, we'll say 72. 34 to 31, albeit it was against the Bengals, but with it being the Jets, that is the equivalent of a Super Bowl win for them. They are now 2-5, two, two wins. The Bengals, they're still working out some kinks because they're still, like the Browns, it's just an Ohio or a Cleveland at least in professional football, it's an Ohio curse. Cincinnati and Cleveland both have just wallowed in mediocrity or worse in the last two decades. So, but the Bengals are on the right track. They just there's a couple things. They get, you got you got the Joe Joe backfield, Joe Burrow, Joe Mixon, and then you got the Jamar Chase out there who's proving that he's probably going to get Rookie of the Year. He's lighting it up, and I'm glad I have him on my fantasy team. Speaking of, I won in fantasy, yay! Barely, but I won. Then the Rams continue to impress. Also, they got Von Miller now, so they're making a Super Bowl run. And I think now that they have Matthew Stafford, a real quarterback talent, franchise quarterback talent, sorry, Jared Goff, they, I, I see them making Super Bowl run too. So I'm not paying it. To, uh, they, they're in the NFC, so you can see a Rams-Titans Super Bowl. But they take down the Texans, 38-22. Texans tried to make a mount a late comeback in garbage time, so it was a little bit scary, made them sweat a little bit, really... It was no. It was like 38-7 to seven and going into the fourth or something like that. Chargers cannot beat the Patriots. They apparently are still figuring some stuff out too. Struggling, but it's the Patriots. Bill Belichick's defense. We all know that is as stout as ever. So they win 27-24. Mac Jones is that dude. So I want to say this on Cam Newton. You know, it was we were befuddled, which who, by the way, as far as I know, doesn't have a job. We were all befuddled at his seemingly spontaneous cut and all like okay so is mac jones actually that dude turns out mac jones is that dude and i think so i think it's turning out that it's you know when we only see game days and maybe get some random reports about stuff at training camp and practice but it clearly goes to show that behind closed doors mac jones has proven to be a real talent 
And so the Patriots aren't going to be mediocre for too long if they can keep it all together. And I think Bill Belichick is showing that, or is proving to all of us he made the right decision in benching or ultimately cutting Cam Newton because I think, I don't know, I think Cam Newton was too much, was in a bit of a rut personally with how coaches had to run their offensive system with what his skill sets were. Defenses figured it out too fast, and I, I don't know. I don't know. I'm going to say he, he, he was typecast, right? The Chris Farley, who's always just the comedic fat guy, and you know it's hard to break out of that, right? I'm sure I would be a typecast character. And now the struggle would be, you know, is we ultimately would always love to branch out and be that everyman, but at the same time, you know, sometimes if do what you're good at, right? If like I look at actors like Danny McBride and stuff and Liam Neeson, now it's just like, hey, you just have to do the same persona every time, and it comes very naturally, and you're very good at it. To me, it's entertaining. It's like. Watching someone be great. Don't put Pat Mahomes at receiver. No, leave him at quarterback. That is his skill set. Watch him sling the ball because he's great at it. And just accept it, right? So a little, little deep philosophical life lesson there, you know? Really lean into your strengths. Not, I'm not saying don't try and become more. Because here with Cam Newton, I'm saying, you know, maybe he's typecasted. And it would have benefited him to diversify his skill set and try and really grow that and branch out a little bit more. I'm not saying he didn't either. I'm. This is all speculation in my opinion, going off of what I know. But... You have signs like being all out cut. So 88% picked the Chargers, by the way. So 88% of us were dead wrong. Oh, wow. I didn't realize this game was... This is literally... When I was looking at the scores, I was like, I didn't even know this was a game this week. Seahawks-Jags, 31-7. to Got that pick right, thank goodness. I mean, it's the Jags. What else do I need to say? Awkwardly, I picked the Washington football team against the Broncos, though. And the Broncos, to L. Teddy Two Gloves showed up. Jerry Judy made his return. He was mediocre. And they're like, oh, he's he, he's not going to be the same. Give him two weeks, you animals. My goodness. Yeah, Washington proved that they are very much Washington. And that we can't have more than half of the NFC East winning this week. So they lost 10-17. to 17. I picked Washington begrudgingly. So uh, I don't know what to do anymore. Anyways, and then the game of the week which is setting up for a repeat of last year, Tampa Bay, New Orleans. Tampa Bay loses 27-36. 92% of us picked Tampa Bay. New Orleans had their numbers. Always seems to kind of have their number, but as they highlighted last year, <laughs> the Bucks got rocked regular season this time last year and then rocked the Saints in the playoffs later <laughs> to knock them out of when it really mattered. We'll say that. So we're, we're lined up to see a repeat of last year, so stay tuned, folks. See you in a few weeks. On that one. And then, I oh, I'm saying and then, and then, and then, I'm saying and then, and what are we up to now? Someone let me know. Give me the feedback. How many and thens? Because this is getting ridiculous, okay? I don't, I don't know what I should have to do. Maybe every, everyone, maybe we'll bring that into the Flaming Hot Fiesta. I don't know. Dallas Cowboys, I picked correctly, beat the Minnesota Vikings without Dak, awkwardly. Cooper Rush came in, and well, it turns out when you have all that talent, you actually kind of know how to utilize it. It doesn't matter that you get your backup quarterback. So unlike last year where they're like, we don't have deck, we can't do it. It's like, first of all, you have all you have all the talent everywhere. Stop it. And your defense, well, Trayvon Diggs, I think, got hurt, but defense is actually kind of making some plays. Minnesota Vikings, they're just, I don't know what they're doing. They like to be mediocre. So 20-16, to 16, though, it was a game. To watch, I guess. Whatever. Then, I caught myself. 
Monday night. Monday night Manning was back. Thank goodness. Oh, and it was so good. If you didn't watch it, go check the highlights. Uh, amazing. Great lineup too. Start to finish. Every single guest was awesome. It was so incredible. So much fun to watch. John Stewart lit it up. Michael Strahan. Um, then you, oh, 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 I just finished watching it. Michael Irving, who was in the third quarter? I'm sorry, person who was in the third quarter. I'm forgetting you. Josh Allen, who's a ton of fun. So great. I was a little disappointed they didn't have more Kansas City because the front half was New York Giants and the back half, I was hoping they would have Kansas City fans, but they didn't. And, you know, that's whatever. But uh, the Kansas City Chiefs are broken and are struggling, are trying to figure things out. Penalty, they're trying to lose, but turns out the Giants have been self-sabotaging a little bit longer and are actually the professionals, and they're like, hold, let me show you how it's done, young buck, okay? They were like, watch this, Padawan. Let me show you, young one, how to sabotage yourself. Because the Giants, who, the Chiefs made the Giants look good, came in and Almost won, but then self-sabotaged a little bit harder and a little bit better than the Chiefs. Chiefs won 20-17. to 17. They are broken, though. And I don't... They got to fix this now, like next week, or there won't be... You know, yeah, they might make playoffs, but they'll get bounced pretty quickly unless they turn it on and have a bunch of playoff magic. I don't know. Uh, the Giants, though, equally as frustrating as the Eagles right now because they actually kind of look good, but then they don't... <laughs> So Connor feels my frustration. Speaking of, Connor, his analysis, I don't know if it's a minute of fire, but that's what we're going to dub it. The first official minute of fire. Let's hear what Connor has to say. Okay, Monday night game against Kansas City. Giants defense played remarkable. They did exactly what they were wanting to do. Didn't give up big plays. Everything beneath. Gave up a ton of yards. But only gave up, what, two touchdowns? Yeah, two, two touchdowns, two field goals, and they caused two turnovers. I, it was, they played well. They played legitimately well. But at the end of the game, Patty Mahomes goes down, gets a field goal. All right, Daniel Jones, you had a minute 07 to get down the field, at least into Graham Gano field goal position. No timeouts. Kind of tough, but... You choose to take a sack on this on second down whenever they didn't blitz. Yeah, sure, you're out of time because the offensive line is g- g- garbage. But you can't take a sack. What are you doing? It was basically everything that every Giants game has been for the last like eight years. Looks good, got a shot, and then the quarterback can't get it done at the end. Infuriating over and over. Even Eli was doing his best to be nice to Daniel Jones, and it was awkward for everyone because you knew he wanted to say he's good garbage. Yeah, no, they're going to lose the rest of the games for the rest of the year. Thank you for that wonderful analysis, Connor. That was the first minute of fire. It's actually a little bit over, so I haven't decided if I'll cap people. I could have cut it off about 24 seconds before you finish, but I decided not to because you are the number one listener. Uh, I don't know what to call you. The golden child, maybe. Favorite child. Sorry, other listeners, but step up your game. So that does it for this week. I picked the Chiefs, by the way, to win. Rightly so, but it was way closer than it should have been. Let's look. Let's, let's just kind of take a glance 
at standings. I know it doesn't really matter so much, but we can look at our top teams. Oh, I hate seeing that. So you have three seven and one teams: the Packers, Cardinals, Rams, and I think they're all Super Bowl contenders. And you have the Cowboys at six and one. I don't think they're a real Super Bowl contender. I know the media does. Titans, Bucks uh, are six and two. I think they have a real shot at Super Bowl. The Raiders, not at all. Ravens, forgot about them. I guess they do. The Bills definitely do. Saints, maybe. Well, not, now that we're, they, were, they lost Jameis, I don't know. But that's a quick glance at the standings. Before we make sure I didn't forget any of my notes. Oh, yeah. This week we had a litany of injuries. So I'm dubbing this the obituary for this week to commemorate those who are out or at least got injured this week. And possibly some of these are out for the rest of the season or at least an extended period of time. So leading it off, we've already talked about some of these. Derrick Henry, RIP, that foot injury, should have turned injuries off. This is how you do creative player seasons in men. We talked about this, folks. Jameis Winston took a tough tackle and tore his ACL. feel really, really bad for the guy because I think he was going to have a pretty good season. He was at least going to have a great Jameis season. Kyler Murray touched on his. It was just his ankle. He just kind of got beat up. He should be fine. J.J. Watt apparently was playing with like six different injuries nobody knew about. And he's broken. This happens every year, though. He he. I don't know if it's he goes so hard and he's so big and strong that he ultimately just hurts himself, but this happens every year. Honestly, I would I would limit his play for the first half of the season, through now. The first, like, nine weeks, I would say you're limited. And then let him really start to find his stride, really, because what good is he if he's going to be out for the next eight weeks now? I need him, especially when he's on a contending team, I need him later. I need him at the end of the season once we go into playoffs. So, And then Gronk. Doing his thing, being hurt. He took that shot to the ribs and other stuff. Really hurting my fantasy tight end lineup. Him and Dawson Knox, who apparently broke his hand in the Philly special they ran. Or it broke it before that and then still threw the ball. That's why it was a wonky throw. Zach Wilson, don't know what he did. And lastly, something that I might do a, its own separate episode on and just a general topic. We have Calvin Ridley and Lane Johnson, both out for mental health reasons. Uh, and so I, I've got a mixed mixed emotions feelings on this because on one hand I'll just leave it brief but on one hand it's I mean what are you supposed to say if someone says I mentally cannot take this right now supposed to just say tough it up buttercup I think to some extent maybe but then on the other hand uh you know on the other hand are we are we maybe popularizing the, the the idea of when it gets hard we bow out because we can't take and we under the label of I need to work on myself. I think part of building a good building good character is learning how to get through tough situations. But we obviously don't know what's going on in their personal lives, so it's hard to make that judgment. Another conversation for another day. Let's see what other notes do I have. Um, oh, sad day. We don't have Monday night, Monday night Manning next week. Real, real bummed about that. So go back to what you can go back to watching Monday Night Football on mute while you play music, listen to another podcast, maybe this podcast or whatever, what have you. Because as we all know, going back to regular commentating after Monday Night Manning is atrocious. It's it's really I'd rather watch paint dry or listen to paint's commentary on football while it dries. Oh yeah, illegal touching where they go out of bounds. 
is too nitpicky in my opinion. I think it's one thing if you get shoved out of bounds and you just sprint out of bounds for a long time and don't immediately try to come back in. But the Giants, one of the Giants guys who was the first one to touch the ball, the the punt on a punt, one of the gunners, he apparently stepped out a little bit. And so it was a, it was a I don't know if it's a five or ten yard penalty, but it's a penalty. And I'm just like, it's a little silly if like I step out of bounds for a second. I think there should be a pretty easy judgment call as whether it's advantageous for me to do so or I just incidentally, because I think incidentally we should let it go. Another thing about that game, the refs, there was flags every other play. It was brutal to watch, honestly. Lastly, Henry Ruggs, uh, tragic situation, made some horrible choices. Potentially, it's still in, under investigation, so I can't make too many... I can't make too many judgments or final calls, so we're going to sit back and wait for the investigation to unfold. But as of now, it does look like, well, at the very least, he had a he had an accident, uh, a car accident, and it killed the other uh, driver. So at the very least, it's probably a manslaughter. They suspect it was a DUI because, as they said, there's early. Anytime they say early morning in wherever, that usually means middle of the night for most of us. You know, between that midnight and 5 a.m. Um, is kind of what I would dub the middle of the night. So unfortunately. That is a horrible, horrible situation for him. And if that is the case, you know, that's obviously why you don't drive drunk. But I won. I don't want to sound too callous here, but I do feel it. I'm curious to see how this unfolds. You know, I think most likely his career is probably over if that's the case, at least for now. And I think it, I mean, it should be. You make a horrible, horrible mistake like that and there's a bad tragedy. Yes, you didn't mean to do it, but there were choices that you made. And so ultimately, you know, that's where it stands. Unfortunately, I think, though, we're kind of callous to superstar athletes doing crazy stuff and then still getting leeway. And we're kind of used to that. And now, unfortunately, is our response is, you know, you see something like that. And it's just a problem that we have, but not going to linger too much on that. One note I did have is that I definitely think there would, would be clear skewedness if, say, he's only suspended uh, for a few games the rest of the season, depending on how this innovation, in, investigation goes. When someone died in this situation, and John Gruden, though, because of some mean things he said in some emails, he will never work at probably at ESPN or coach football ever, ever again. There's clearly some mismanagement of what I would call justice there, but that's once again, another conversation, and we have to see how this all unfolds. But ultimately, a tragic situation, and this is very, very sad to see. So, I don't know why I said it so excited. Like, sorry about that. I think that's all my notes, though. I didn't miss anything. Cool. So, let's move on to let's close this bad boy out. No, that's not the Norwegian goodbye. Don't start timing because we're doing predictions for next week, making our picks. Don't forget to join the Pixie and pick them if you're not a part of it. Also, look forward to next year. We're going to do a guillotine league, which is winner take all every week, everyone versus everybody. Lowest amount of points gets cut from the league. Get excited, folks. If you want to join, let me know. We'll put you on the list right now. I mean, we're looking for probably one per week. So 15 to 16, 17 people in this is what we need. And if we don't, I don't know how we'll arrange that. Maybe it's a double elimination type thing or a shootout. We can do some exciting stuff. Thursday night football. Maybe it's something to watch because the Jets got a big win last week. Mike White is the real deal. I don't know. But the Colts, Jets, 93% picked the Colts. I'm picking the Colts. They paid, played the Titans close. It should be uh, should be a clear-cut game. Oh, by the way, I'm still in third place behind Skunkline and your boy. I continue to make bad picks. You guys are better than me. Good job. Moving on. Browns, Bengals, the battle for Ohio. 
looks like the I mean the Browns are in a real struggle moment. The Bengals had a struggle game, but are still trending upwards and firing on all cylinders. I'm going with 70% of you who picked the Bengals. Also, I slightly favor the Bengals. I don't know why, but I just do. So Bengals in that one. Broncos, Cowboys. Now, 95% of you picked the Cowboys. Probably rightly so. But hear me out. Old Teddy Two Gloves over here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So, as much as I want the Broncos to win, the Cowboys are unfortunately probably going to win, and I'm going to pick them for the sake of trying to win this pigskin. Pick them group. Oh, non-bye week. Bye week game of the... I got confused. The non-bye week... Bye week game of the week. Texans, Dolphins, both one and seven, 88%, 86%, sorry, picked the Dolphins. The Texans seem to really catch fire late, so we'll see if they can mount a comeback. I mean, it'll be competitive for them, but nobody really cares about that game. So if that's your local game, I am sorry. Falcons, Saints, Saints, I mean, they don't have their quarterback. Taysom Hill's there. Trevor Simeon came in and played well. I mean, Sean Payton's got a good system, so you just have to be a half decent quarterback to do anything kind of right. Falcons, Aren't as bad as they look, but they are. I don't know. I'm picking the Saints. Giants, Raiders, C. Now, this is wild, right? So, actually, before I make my pick, let's go to Connor to hear this week's submission. Thank you, as always. Remember, guys, if you want to make your picks, you just send in a voice memo and tell me what you think. Hey, this is make your prediction for your team, and I'll play it on here like we're about to play Connor's. So, Connor, take it away. They are going to lose this game. There you have it, folks. Straight from the Giants fans' mouth. The wild, crazy prediction, super in-depth. Thank you, Connor, for sending that in. Um, sending in your prediction every single week. Folks, jump on that train. Send in your predictions for your team. But I'm going to have to say I agree with you. I think the I guess the Raiders, Raiders had a bye week. I don't know. But 89% think the Raiders are going to win. I think that's true because the Giants, while still kind of looking like they have some talent, are still very self-sabotaging. We saw that at the end of the Chiefs game. So, Patriots-Panthers. P-squared. Most of you picked the Patriots, and I think the Patriots are going to make Sam Darnold see ghosts. Patriots win. Bills, Jags, okay. 99% picked the Bills. I love that. It's never 100%. It's always one Hanyak holdout. So the Bills should win, take care of business. Then the Battle of the Purples, Ravens and Vikings. Ravens, I guess, run a bye week as well. Ravens obviously should win. Feeling rested. The Vikings, I don't know what you are. You got Dalvin Cook, cool. And you got Kirk Cousins. Okay, time to be self-deprecating again. Chargers, Eagles. Yeah, the Chargers should win, bounce back, but you never know. The Eagles have discovered the run. If Miles Sanders is back, they're going to abandon the run, and they're going to try and throw and beat him through the air because Justin Herbert, they sling it, and they're going to make it a shootout. Eagles try and play a shootout. They lose every single time. That's my prediction. Bank on it. Packers, Chiefs. Now, normally, you would say, oh, big game. With how the Chiefs are playing, though, the Packers should trounce them. But I think the Chiefs will at least somewhat rise to the occasion. They barely skated by. We'll see if they, they're able to make the adjustments and actually play up to their competition because they definitely played down to their competition against the Giants. So reason would lead us to say that they will play up to their competition. So battle of the Reds, Cardinals, San Francisco 49ers. I don't know if Kyler Murray's playing. J.J. Watt is not. 
but the Cardinals are still really good. So Cardinals win. Titans, Rams. Here we go. This is the game of the week. And it's Sunday night football, obviously. Rams, Titans. Wow, 88% picked the Rams. Do you guys not believe in the Titans? I guess since they lost Derrick Henry, but ah, what if the Adrian Peterson has that magic? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with the Titans. Now, if they have to throw it to try and win, then yeah, they probably won't. So the Rams, who just got Von Miller, oh, just got better. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pick the Rams. I'm going to go with, uh, I'm, I'm getting nervous. I'm going with the crowd. I'm a limbing off the cliff. So following the other lemmings, shout out to you if you got that joke. Yeah, I think it'll be a really good game though. I'm hoping AD come, gets elevated to active and just shows out. He only, I, I need him, he only needs like 12 touches. First couple just getting his feet wet and then just cycle him in with the other, I don't know who their second string running back is. Nobody does. I think he's actually technically their third string because Derrick Henry was the first and second string running back because he's that good. So they just have a third string. So now that's why they had to bring in Adrian Peterson. So their third string running back, I don't know who he is, but make him your workhorse and then bring in AD and just say, we just need you to use all your magic every single play. Don't worry about pacing yourself. Go all out. And that's what I'm pulling for. All right, Monday night. I don't know how I feel about this. Because it's not even, I wish it was a better game. So then it wouldn't matter as much that we don't have Monday night Manning. But it's Bears-Steelers. The Bears taking on the Steel Curtain. Steelers should definitely win because they're, they're just the Steelers. They're good. I don't know what you want from me. And the Bears, Justin Fields has to make some middle school magic. If you saw that crazy play where he reversed the, the entire way of the field, I think he ended up scoring. He's not going to be able to do that against Pittsburgh. So Pittsburgh takes that one. How many total points will be scored? 47. That's what we're going with. That's my picks. If you want to come and make your picks or send in your prediction for for your team, you can do that right here. Follow all the links in the description. Go to the website. There's like four ways to leave a voice memo. You can record voice memo on your phone. You can click that link and leave up to a minute voice, me- voice memo. You can call the number listed, leave a voicemail, the equivalent of a voice memo, however you want to do it. You can email the show, all that good stuff. But that'll do it for this sports edition of the Remy Viking Podcast. Thank you once again for joining me. Let, remember, let me know if you like this one behemoth of an episode, this Andre the Giant of an episode, or if you would prefer me to break it back up and just still have it all on Wednesday, so maybe be a double or triple release. But I, uh, I mean, you guys can decide. I mean, ultimately, it's my podcast, but I want your input because... Uh, you're the ones listening to this. And if this is, and I want you to, I want to, you know, you're supporting me by listening. So I want to make sure that your listening experience is as close to exactly what you want as I can get it within reason. So thank you as always for being part of the Hanya Accord. If you're new here, thank you for joining the Hanya Accord. That does it though for this sports edition of the Rambling Viking podcast. We will see you back here on Friday for your week, for your second dose of weird. Keep it PDFG. See you in a couple days.